Carson Seiler, and I am currently working as a nutrition coach, um, and I do online training for health and nutrition. That's great. So, I, so health and nutrition. How did you get started in that? I started competing as a bikini competitor in 2015 and um, fell in love with the process of bodybuilding at that time. Um, I won my first show, which was really exciting, and then kind of sparked a new interest of like, oh, maybe I'm actually good at this sport. And so all of last year, I took my training really seriously and worked with a lot of professionals in the fitness industry to really just educate myself and teach me more about bodybuilding. And then last year, I decided to just get certified and become a personal trainer. And I also have a certification in um, fitness nutrition. That's a specialization. And I just really wanted to take my own training to the next level. And and that helped my competing. Um, And I got really fortunate. I built this brand, Team Hex, with my dear friend and colleague, Lauren Eirich. And now um, I was able to quit my full-time job in the corporate world and train full-time because our team has grown so fast. So how, how, how is that, like, that process and everything? Like, uh, how did that make you feel once you were able to do that? Once I was able to quit my yeah. corporate it was crazy to be totally honest with you um lauren is a olympian ifbb pro she's a phenomenal resource everywhere but she happens to live in portland and so i was lucky enough to connect with her in my personal life and she already had an established book of business and um we made a business model together that we both feel really good about and i I worked both jobs for six months or so. And then finally, um, in March of this year, I thought, well, I don't really need my other job anymore. And it was the most empowering thing I've ever done to be able to say, I want to just create a job out of thin air and become really good at it. And then, I mean, I'm making more money now than I've ever made. And I literally get to do what I love. So it's, it's a dream come true. I, that's everybody's goal. I feel like. Are you like a workaholic or are you more of like you time schedule everything? I'm a really good combination of both. I definitely, I mean, being self-employed, there are no days off. So everything I do really is about work, but um, I'm very OCD. So I schedule out all my days and I keep it pretty balanced. I, I do work a lot, but um, I also try to honor my marriage and my family and take care of myself too so definitely not something for lazy people that's for sure so once you 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 started all this were you like nervous or was it like I'm like you didn't know what you were doing or did you learn as you went when I started bodybuilding or when I started my business when you started your business oh I don't think I slept for like two months I was terrified it was quitting my job and and doing this was the scariest thing I've ever done because you can't I, I have to make money. It's my livelihood. So I literally just like took my safety pad out from under me. And so I had to work really hard to make it work. Um, so it was scary, but it also motivated me to be good at this because everybody wants to be a trainer and everybody wants to work in the fitness industry. And so I have to have things that set me apart and I had to create loyalty with my clients that made them want to stay with me over someone else because there are a ton of qualified people. Um, and that's my motivation to be like the best coach and the best trainer so that 
all of my clients and people that interact with me get the best experience. That's what I want for sure. So how how was the learning experience for you? Were you I know you're still learning stuff, but like how was that for you? It was um, motivating and empowering for sure. Everything I know about business, I'm so lucky. I actually learned from all of my jobs in the corporate world. I was a district manager for six years prior to this, and I worked for a company that was a franchise. And so I had an amazing boss that literally taught me everything. And I, I use everything from that job every day because when you own your own business, you are customer service, you are accounting, you are marketing, you are everything. So everything I do is, is really used all the time. And it's hard to learn. And in fitness, like science never ends. So there's always there's 89 ways to skin a cat and things are always changing. So you have to keep up on it. But that's why I like this job because you're never, you can never be complacent, you have to keep learning. Yeah, I I feel like that's a huge thing, because it's changed so much. Because, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, drink milk, um, eat cheese, you know, you're going to be a big boy, whatever, whatever they would say. And it would always be in my mind, like, is this working? Is this actually because I didn't know anything. So I just went with that. And I was like, okay, it looks like it's working. Uh, Calories, calories in, calories out. That was also a big thing. That's a, and my uncle uses that phrase all the time. That's so funny. And ultimately, like, that is it. But the most interesting part of what I do is every every client and every body responds differently. So there's you know, some coaches do things differently than others, but there's so many different ways to do things. And I think it's so cool to say, okay, this person responds really well to high carbs, but this person really needs more fat for hormonal health and things like that. And so I love that. It keeps me excited because I always want to be researching new, new things to try for my people and on myself too. You got to experiment with your own stuff to see what works. So how, like, how do you learn? Like, I mean, like, do you just like look up articles and go through all that process? It's a lot of self-education. So the base, like the baseline of my education is through NASM, my certification. So I did it the old school way where I got the textbooks and like took notes and did all of that. And I refer back to my books all the time just because the more you reread things, I think you can pick up different things. Um, And that's part of why I want to continue to add on certifications too. Um, So that's, the baseline of it. But then I also do a lot of reading, um, a lot of podcasts, that kind of a thing, just to see what other people are doing. Knowledge is power. So the more you read, the more you know, the more you experiment, the better you're going to be, I feel like. So I, I try to set aside like 45 minutes every day to read something like fitness related that I could use. Okay. Uh, you said mentioned podcasts. Do so you like listen to fitness podcasts or something? I try to, yeah, the one that I have been, it's on my phone, the one that I've been really into lately for my cardio, because I'm doing a lot of that these days, is, I don't know where my app went, I'll have to find it, and I can tell you what it's called, I have the worst memory, let me see, Um, Mind Pump, I really love that one, and they have all these different, it's a raw fitness truth, um, podcast, but they have like a million episodes of really, really great topics that I love. Yeah, I find myself listening to some of those, but it's always like the ones I listen to are more like technical and like what you eat and that stuff. So, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick is probably my favorite. Um, she, she, she just breaks down everything in such a 
easy, simple way, even though it's complicated words and I don't understand half the time what she's saying. And then I'm like, okay, so this is good, this is bad. And she always, she's always writing stuff, so it's always like, oh, I gotta read another one. Uh, what what is this about? She starts talking about that and this. So I always feel like podcast way is a pretty good way to go, but you also need to read um, articles and stuff like that. Yep, I totally agree. The more well-rounded, the better, for sure. That's awesome that you do that. Yeah, and then. Uh, well, everyone who's right now has been, you know, asking me Mayweather McGregor, and that's been like a big thing right now. And I, I can't stop getting out of it because, you know, I'm always arguing with people. I'm like, okay, I, I know you think Mayweather probably, pro- most likely Mayweather will win. Then McGregor's, I don't know, I, I have to break it down for them. And then they're asking me questions. It's always like, hey, well, who do you think's going to win? That's always the answer to that. But, um, I'll break that down later because I, I see people commenting a lot and asking for that. But uh, how, do, how do you get – like uh, once you started competing, how did that change for you? Like, How did like my competitions change? Yes. Like you know, you started your first one, went to your second. How did that all go? So my first show that I did in 2015 um, was actually – however many years ago that is, I guess two or – it was today. So that same show is happening today. Um, and I did it because I have really bad anxiety specifically in social settings and I wanted to overcome my fear of stage fright. I had no idea about like bodybuilding at the time. I just figured it was my new year's resolution for that year. And I figured there's nothing scarier to me than getting up on stage, like basically naked in front of hundreds of people. So I set that as my goal and I fell in love with prep along the way. So I prepped for 12 weeks for that show. And I just started learning how to feel my body and how to change it. And I was an athlete all through high school and college. So when I won my first one, it really sparked my competitive drive. And that's when I decided like, okay, forget the stage part, like I can get on stage now. Now I just want to be competitive. Um, And so the two shows I did last year, I placed first and second. Um, The first one was Vancouver Naturals, and the second one was Emerald Cup in Bellevue, and I placed really well at those, and then um, just decided to kind of keep it going. So I spent last summer getting certified, and this year my focus is getting my pro card. So um, I did Emerald Cup again, and then I was just in Sacramento, and I did a Spectrum's fitness production show there. And then I will be in Vegas in six weeks for Nationals, and we'll see how that goes. Oh, that, that, that's up, up the ante every year for sure. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you get nervous at all, or is it just like you're calm? Like how's it, How do you feel when you go into that? Um, I've learned a lot about myself, especially on show day. Um, I'm always terrified. It never gets less scary. That's for sure. But I get better prepared and I've learned that I can keep myself really calm, a lot more calm if I'm alone almost all day. So, um, and I learned that like mostly this year, I use the buddy system a lot and like competed with my friends because you make friends in the bodybuilding community. And so last year it was a really social thing for me. And then this year I learned that I can really control my anxiety and my nerves if I'm just by myself because there's no one getting me riled up. Um, I still get nervous, but I've, I've got a good handle on it and I just, try to do my best every time you can't go into a show expecting or wanting to win 
because it's completely subjective. If the judges don't like you that day, like it just depends on who shows up and, and who the judges are. So you can't control that, but I can control how I look and how I present myself and just being my best. And that's why I love bodybuilding. It's all about you and you're the only controllable factor, you know? So how, how have that changed? Like, you know, once you first started and now does that, do you feel like you transitioned very well? You're much better? Or is it- yes. I've made massive improvements. I think I was completely blacked out, not like under the influence, but I don't even remember the first time I was on stage. I was so scared. I was just like, just try not to die. Just get up there and like, don't fall. Um, and now I'm competitive enough and comfortable enough and confident enough that when I'm on stage, I'm really focused on my performance and being technical and trying to win and just getting myself to that next competitive level. So it's now it's more about my presentation and less about the fear and overcoming that, which is what I wanted. Do you, do you set yourself goals or is it just like, I'm going to go do my best that I can? I set goals every time. So when I was at, when I was competing here locally, my goal was to win. I wanted to be the best. Um, I wanted to be competitive and I've been really fortunate to accomplish that so far. My goal for going to California when I was in Sacramento was actually to just fly before Vegas because I had never participated in a show that I couldn't drive to. And there's a little bit of stress for me from like packing your food and being gone for that many days. And you have, it just takes way more planning to, to fly to a show and plan that way. Um, and so I actually only went to California just for practice with like packing and getting on a plane before Vegas, because I'm going to be doing that in six weeks. And I wanted to have like reps under my belt. So that was the only reason why I did that show, which is a weird goal. But my goal this year was to fly. <laughs> so when is your, uh, so you said your next show's in Vegas. I have a lot of I, IBF and NPC, you know, all the acronyms. I can't remember all. So have a lot of them on. And that's like the one, I guess, that they all go to. And it's weird because like you're going now and then I have I had other guests that's going as well. So it's like. It's like, I want everyone to win, but I can't have everyone winning, you know? Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah, that's a massive show, and um, anyone in the NPC can go, and they're competing for their pro card. So you have to get, I believe, first or second place to win a pro card. Um, And it's, I mean, everyone looks good at nationals. There's no bad competition there. So, um, yeah, if if you win your pro card, man, you're at the next level so that's what it is so once you get to that level is do you have like uh like an end goal or like something that you want to reach so i have a couple the goals never really stop that's something that's really important with my field of work but then also this sport is you can't stop setting goals because otherwise how hard is it to get up every day and eat right and do your workout it's like oh this is just for fun um So my goals right now are to get my pro card, regardless of how long that takes. And then my bigger picture goal is um, I'm still working on building like my ideal physique. And that's kind of what bodybuilding is about. When you're on stage, obviously you're being subjected to whatever is ideal for the judges, but I'm not done like making improvements on the look that I want and what I like based off of my genetics and how my body is. So I have personal like physique goals aside from the feedback I get from judges on how I want my body to look. Um, and that includes things like I want my 
back to be bigger, like specifically where my lats are a little bit. I want to continue to grow my shoulders. And then I have insane, way excessive muscle mass in my legs from playing soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm actually trying to bring my legs down and atrophy them. Um, and I don't lift weight. I'm not, I'm barely lifting weights right now to try to accommodate all of those things. So my biggest goal is to just continue to work towards making my body look like how I want it to, which is kind of the fun part. So how, 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 how does that, all that experimenting? Cause I, I don't like experimenting with my body just because it's stressful. It gets, like, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to have like one, one shoulder that's too big. And then it just looks so weird. And then, so like, I don't do any experimenting, but how does that work? Like if you wanted to change a certain part. So if you want to grow a part of your body or make it more pronounced, there are different things that you can do. Um, I, in order to grow my shoulders up until recently, I was lifting just specifically shoulders two to three times a week to make sure there was enough muscle stimulation to make them bigger. Um, you can also do little things like not working other parts of your arm to make your shoulders be more pronounced. Um, and then as far as my legs, I just don't lift weights for my legs at all. I do all glute focused workouts, um, because in the division that I compete in, they basically want you to have that overall bikini look and it's very focused on like how big your glutes are and having that kind of be the focus unfortunately so you can basically never have big enough glutes they always need to be bigger um and so i just do banded workouts and like pump days for those and then up until nationals i'm just doing a lot of cardio i was really fortunate that i barely had any cardio in my prep going into this um, and now in order to achieve that look, I really need to be doing what I'm doing now. So I've got six days of cardio under my belt right now each week. Um, so how much does, you know, genetics play a role in this? Because, you know, you might want a certain thing and, and you can't read. I mean, there are limits, of course, but there are limits. It plays a pretty big role because in bodybuilding, they're looking for things like your overall composition. They're looking for symmetry. They're looking for even like your skin tone and just like your overall presentation. Some people have a really hard time putting on lean muscle tissue. They just can't develop their muscles to the point that is ideal for the sport um, or fast enough. Some people are not born symmetrically. Some people have really long torsos and really short legs. Like there's a ton that you can't control. I happen to be really short. I'm only five feet tall. And although that makes me really symmetrical, it's a complete disadvantage to bodybuilding um, because they want you to be really tall and have these long lines. And I am a very short, compact person. <laughs> so genetically, I have to make my body look a certain way to compensate for my height. Was that ever an issue height like for you? Because, you know, as a guy, it's always like I, I need to be taller. I need to be taller. Is that the same thing with I, I don't know. I don't mind being short now, but I, um, I mean, I, I would love to be like five, five. It's, you know, it, it, there's only so much you can do. I'm kind of picking my battles at this point, but, um, I personally don't mind being short. How, how does like, you know, picking, like reaching for stuff, is that like an issue for you? Oh, I'm a countertop climber. Yeah. You got to just get on the counter and grab stuff. Stools are my friend for sure. I I can't (laughs) reach. 
My husband actually helps me a lot. He moves like all the dishes down to a lower shelf for me so I can reach them. <laughs> That's very nice. Uh, yeah. So like, do you have like, I'm not very sure. I'm about five, nine, five, ten. So it's always like whenever I see shorter people, it just, it just baffles me. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you're shorter. How like I've seen people that are four eleven five, and then I've seen six eight, and it's like there's so much, so many different people that have like different genetics and the the way they look and stuff. It just, it really, it's really interesting to me. Yeah, genetics does play a big role, and it's kind of my motto with bodybuilding is if you're going to participate in this sport, you have to be doing it to be your best, like your personal best, whatever that means for you. So, because if you don't win, that doesn't mean that you didn't make improvements or that you didn't accomplish a goal. You just didn't get first place that day. Um, and it's, the, it's kind of the catch 22 about this sport because it's very like goal focused and oriented, especially regarding aesthetics. But then also if you're approaching it that way, you're never finished, which is good and bad. Like you could, there's always more work to be done. So how, how is the supplements and everything, how does that, how do you look through all that and decide what you pick? Um, so I am affiliated with a company called Warrior Fuel Supplements and I, um, I use their products. I'm an affiliated with them because I love what their brand represents and I love the ingredients. I don't know if you're familiar with those products, but they're really clean. Um, their amino acids are pharmaceutical grade and there's not cheap like filler products or crap or anything artificial in them. So I feel good about putting them into my body. So that's how I chose that brand. And as far as what I take, I kind of come from a mindset where less is more. So I take a multivitamin and I take vitamin D because everyone that lives in Portland, Oregon is like seriously deprived of vitamin D. <laughs> um, and then I take my amino acids and a pre-workout every once in a while. But other than that, it's just like basic multivitamin vitamin D, maybe like a little probiotic. I don't take a bunch of stuff. Um, I, don't, I feel like if you are getting it from your nutrition, you don't have to do that. I do use creatine right now on my three glute days to help growth. Um, but other than that, that's it. I keep it really simple. It's interesting. I, most most bodybuilders, I, you know, it's just like a list, a laundry I, list. Very like long. I know I don't um I use glutamine I guess as well that's another warrior fuel product that I use for recovery um and repair and it helps with your digestive system but my list is really short <laughs> yeah that's a lot shorter than I thought I was expecting you know 20 15 to 20 things um so what 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 made you want to do less less is more you know um is that just your philosophy on it Kind of. I mean, if it's if if you're deficient in something and you need to be taking that as a supplement to literally supplement your diet, then that's great. But I feel like if I am approaching my nutrition from a good standpoint, then I'm going to be getting a lot of my vitamins and, and micronutrients and, and those things that I need from my food. And that motivates me to eat really clean. I do practice flexible dieting. So if I want to fit something in my macros, I have the freedom to do that. Um, but just having my multivitamin and really basic stuff empowers me to choose that salad over that for you sometimes. So 
do you have like cheat days or is it like you know just eat clean eat clean or like pizza like what's the food like i need to know what what the food is um sushi and froyo ah. so put down like serious amounts of sushi and froyo shamelessly um and i don't have cheat meals right now only because i am six weeks out but i do implement refeeds which is um, a strategic, really high carb day. So I will implement those as needed. Um, and that's just based on my energy levels and my intake at the time and how I'm feeling when I'm in off season. Um, I am more free and I have plenty of meals. I don't do like a full cheat day, but I will set myself up and like eat pretty clean. And then my husband and I will go put down some serious sushi and, feel zero percent bad about it so gotta have fun. so how how is like the training do you overtrain do you have have you had any injuries anything like that no i'm really fortunate i've never had an injury i should knock on wood um and how does my training change like from prep to off season yes um, I reduce my cardio if it's in my prep plan. So I, I cannot do six days of cardio forever. So as soon as I am either lean enough or finished, my cardio needs to be reduced strategically and slowly over time. Um, in my off season, I usually still do like two cardio sessions a week, maybe just to keep my conditioning up. Um, and then right now I'm barely weight training at all. So I'm going to see, how my body responds to that. And then once I'm in off season, I'm going to evaluate my feedback from how nationals go and I'll make a new training plan for strength training at that time. Um, but right now I'm just trying to get my entire body to atrophy essentially. So I don't need to be doing a ton. So how's that you atrophy? So do you feel like, so you're going to try to slim down your legs. You can try to uh, create that, not incorporating weights. What what is the motivation for that? I don't just to ask. Um, so be, because I'm so short and I naturally have a lot of muscle mass, I I have according to the judges for the sport. If I want to compete at a competitive level, I I have technically more muscle than I need to for the bikini division. So in order to continue to work towards the look that I want for my ideal look, and that is competitive. Right now in the bikini division, I need to bring down my size pretty much everywhere. Um, and so not lifting is how you do that. <laughs> you can't use those muscles. Um, so I'm just, just trying to wrap everything around here. So how did you – did you ever – when you started competing and everything, did you ever like find – like the certain point where you th knew that you wanted to do this, like, is it always something you wanted to do? No, it wasn't. I had no idea that I was going to end up becoming a bikini competitor whatsoever. Um, I knew I was committed about halfway through my first prep when I like really just fell in love with training and watching my body change. And I got really into the science behind it. Um, but before that, I was just trying to check off my New Year's resolution of getting on stage. Are you ever going to try anything else besides just the bikini aspect? In terms of body, like a different division? Yes. No, 
I will not do a different division besides bikini. Um, I give so much credit and props to women and men that do divisions and participate in those divisions that get even leaner than bikini does, but I have no interest in, in achieving that. So once you get your pro card, do you plan on doing a, another pro show or like how many times do you go a year? Once, twice? Um, how many times can you compete in a year? How many times do you compete? This year I'm, I'm just going to do three shows. Um, I could do, I could do more if I wanted to. I personally really only prefer to compete for about half the year. I like to be in prep for like five or six months. And then I like to have an off season and have a little bit more flexibility and freedom. Um, so this year I'm just going to do three shows when I get my pro card, I will plan my show circuit for 2018 around that um, and just kind of see how it goes. But once nationals is over in July, I won't compete again until 2018. So now I want to switch gears a little. So um, your business side and your clients, how's that? Like, how do you keep people coming to you? I mean, because like a lot of there's so many personal trainers, there's so many people with uh you know there was a big boom in 2008 there's thousands there's now thousands hundreds of thousands of personal trainers out there what 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 sets you apart from other people um i think the experience that i offer my clients sets my services and our brand apart i work really hard every single day seven days a week to make sure that i respond to them as quickly as possible that my answers to them since it is all online and they don't get that in-person feel i work really hard to make sure that they feel connected to me like i'm available like i'm invested i put a lot of time and thoughtfulness into my responses to them there's tons of ways that you can go above and beyond for your clients i try to give them shout outs every week Um, we have a community online that is available to our team that is so much fun. They can interact with one another. And so I think that helps. Um, but I get new business and continue to generate business from my clients referring other people to me, um, people that follow me along on Instagram and see what I do can inquire with me there. So that's where a lot of my inquiries come from. And then I have a big personal network, um, just from living in Portland and, being active in this community. So kind of all of those things create a good stream for me. I'm, I actually can't accept any new clients right now. I have too many. Uh, <laughs> um, we're, we're continuing to expand. So we're going to add on more coaches so that more people can join our team and, and be a part of it. Um, so, yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, when is too many clients? Like, when does that become too much? For me, um, my my number is about 90, where I feel like it's not so much that I lose my, like my quality of work doesn't suffer, but my personal balance does. Um, and once I get past 90, I feel like I don't get a day off and like I can't, I'm spread a little bit too thin. So that's kind of where I draw that line. And do you feel, do you you feel like, oh, I can't help these other people or like, how, how, how do you feel about your clients in that way? Do you like, is it a connection or is it like you're really fast paced and you just help everyone at the same time? How's that work? I am fast. I would use the word efficient to describe. I'm extremely efficient, which 
makes it possible for me to help as many people as I can. Um, but for example, right now I'm not accepting any new clients until my roster slows down a little bit. And so I just let those people know that that's a decision that I've temporarily made so that my quality of work doesn't suffer. Um, and then they are able to work with another coach that we have. There are two other coaches, Lauren Eirich and Carly Garland that coach our team, or they can be on a wait list if they want to wait for me too. So, um, are you ever, do you think about expanding more or is it like you want to just Absolutely. stay in this small area? No, we want to expand as much as we can um, and make our community and, and our movement as big as possible. So there will absolutely be more coaches down the road, um, more clients, all of that. We have a ton of fun stuff on the horizon and we like to be really active in our community too. We all live in different places, so it's it's helpful to have an in-person reach all over the country. So what 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 is like all the success like your clients are successful i bet they send you stuff and say hey thank you um you know how how does that make you feel it's it's the best that's why i go to work every day i'm so lucky i have the coolest people that i get to work with and interact with and they're so sweet they can tell i'm very transparent on my social media that's part of my approach and something i believe is really important and if i share on there that i'm having a bad day or that I don't feel good or whatever it is, they reach out and they share their successes with me all the time. And it can be anything from Carson, I ran a mile today for the first time in five years to, oh my gosh, I hit my goal weight. It doesn't matter what it is, but being able to be a part of their excitement and their journey is why I wanted to do this job 100%. It's the best. So I'll be, like, how, like, how do you help them through the process and everything? Do you just give them meal plans and how does that work? I do. I can write a actual meal plan where I write out all of the food that they're going to eat for them. Or, um, my preference is to give them a set of macros and they follow the, those macros for a week at a time. And then they have to check in with me every single week, um, and fill me in on how their week went. And then I can educate them and evaluate their intake and make changes based on, on what they tell me. How do you think like the, you know, everything has changed because, you know, personal trainers 10 years ago, you had to be near people and you had to, you know, create a community. You usually had to be in Los Angeles. That's where every every personal trainer is now that you can be in a remote area. I mean, not saying that Oregon's remote because I actually love Portland over there. It's a beautiful place, but, you know, it's not the major city, the biggest major city in the U.S., and it's 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 this certain area, but now you can talk to people from, you know, hundreds of miles. I bet you even do you even have like you probably have people that are from you know other countries asking for. Yeah, I do. They're all over the world, which I think is so cool. I honestly prefer I prefer online over in person training for that reason. I can help people from all over the place, and it makes it really cool for me because I get to see them on social media and hear about their life and it just makes it so diverse and I, I get to interact with more people because I'm not in person only able to see like one person an hour um, and so it's kind of the best of both worlds because I can still meet their needs and help them reach their goals but more people have access to me this way which is what I wanted. And you said you were going to add more coaches eventually, huh? Like, 
Is that does that you know picking coaches and stuff? Do you have trouble with that, or is that something you just kind of go with whoever is near? Well, so far, Carly was the first coach that we added outside of Lauren and I, and she was a really obvious choice. Um, and we got very fortunate with her, but she is in school and she lives in Colorado, which was appealing. And she's also a warrior fuel athlete. So we already knew her, um, from that connection. And it was just a easy, obvious choice. And I'm hoping that the next person that we choose is the same way. I'm sure that it will. Um, we're not quite there yet, so I don't know who that next person is, but as long as they align with our values and can represent our brand well um, and have the same goals that we have, then that's kind of how we start to evaluate that. Mm-hmm. So what what are your values anyway? So it's like everyone has a different kind of perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my values and goal and kind of approach towards nutrition is – being flexible um, with my methods and stubborn in my goals, basically. I am a really big believer that there's not just one way to do things. So um, approaching things in a balanced way, in a flexible way, um, being involved in my community. I don't just want to be a face on a computer screen. I want to be out there making a difference. One of my favorite things to do is like high school nutrition seminars. Just go and talk to high schoolers about what they're eating. Um, but I try to keep balance, flexibility, sustainability, all at the forefront of what I'm doing. Um, and that's worked really well for me so far. Educating. I believe in education through empowerment. So I don't just tell my clients what to do and then not explain the why behind it. I always try to teach them, this is what we're going to do this week. And this is why I want you to do it. And that works really well. So how does, you know, educating younger people is always like a big thing. How's, how's, how, how, how do you approach, you know, telling, of course, high schoolers or college, uh, college, not kids, but, you know, graduates, how, 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 how nutrition works? Because, you know, there's a lot of problems, especially now with, you know, people are not getting the right nutrition. They're, 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 you know, it's harder for them to know what's good and what's not good. Um, it depends on, it depends on who I'm talking to. Everybody has a different toolbox. So I tailor whatever I'm teaching to where they're at. It wouldn't make sense for me to talk about macronutrients and and percentages of things to someone that has no nutrition information to start with. Um, but as far as my clients go, like telling them what to do, they have to trust me. It's a, it's a really big trust and communication game. Um, you definitely have to be a good communicator. So that's kind of how it starts. And how do you approach like athletes, other type of athletes, you know, not necessarily one, uh, one sport, but you know, other types of sports. Um, as far as like, if I'm training them, yes, their goals are typically performance paced goals. Um, and so we do their nutrition and, everything to fuel their workouts. I have a couple marathon runners that I'm working with right now. Um, and everything we do is for performance. So instead of having an aesthetic goal, their goal is, you know, to fuel their body to, to reach whatever their goal is for their athletic event. And we just do it that way. That's interesting. Well, Carson, it was great talking to you. Well, you as well. 
Yeah, it was interesting. I think I learned a little bit, and I hope everyone else learned a little bit. Um, it's always interesting meeting different people. Um, like, your perspective is actually totally different from a guest I had like five weeks ago. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I get nervous. It's like, I don't get nervous, you know? It's like everyone has a different attitude and approach to everything. I actually like that you uh, are open-minded in that way that, you know, my method's the best way or, you know, these are the three methods. Those are the only ones you can choose. Um, you can pick the, one of those. But you're saying that, you know, there's much more to what is going on. It's always changing. I think that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time. Uh, you as well. Well, you have yourself a good day. Bye. See you. Bye.